over 15 years experience as a Marine infantryman. I have over 20 years experience as a law enforcement officer. Combined, we have about 30 years of experience as firearms instructors and 32 years of experience carrying concealed weapons. The purpose of this show is to discuss firearms, equipment, and training as it relates to self-defense from a military, law enforcement, and civilian perspective. Podcast episode 88. I'm Daniel Shaw, and with me is John McGregor. Hey, John. Daniel, how are you? I am good, John. How have you been doing? Well, I can't complain. I've uh, spent a whole bunch of time at the range lately, so it's been good. Did you get that testing done I asked you to do? Uh, I actually uh, started working on that today and found out there was something wrong with my pack timer because it was giving me all kinds of crazy data for split times and things that hadn't happened. So, although I did attempt it, I did not uh, collect collect any of the data you were looking for. Okay, well, let's not talk about it, because we'll leave it for surprise for a later episode. Well, I'm glad I went into a deep explanation of that, then. <laughs> I'm interested in what comes out of that. So, uh, yeah, look for that in the future, even though you don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This episode, going to discuss some IDPA, USPSA competition shooting. I don't like that. People are going to, Scott Bauer's going to turn it off when he hears it. Yeah, I know. I was just going to dedicate the episode to to Scott. He'll probably like this, though. Mm -hmm. I was going to title this episode, Why I Quit Competition Shooting, or Why I Quit IDPA or USPSA. And I only shot a few matches, not very many. But what I've found is that I cannot be good at these competitions and still have my skills where I need them to be to teach what I believe to be important in a defensive training scenario or situation, training a course, training civilians, law enforcement, or military. The tactics and techniques just don't line up, John. Mm-hmm. For about three weeks there, I was getting pretty into this IDPA and competition shooting stuff, and it was fun. I'd go shoot matches, and I had a great time. I will still go shoot matches if my friends are like, hey, let's go shoot IDPA. But what I will not do is what I almost started doing, and then I realized that I'd be doing wrong for me. If I wanted to be good at IDPA or USPSA, I have to train to do things that I do not believe are the right thing to do, given you know various situations. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, you're modifying your tactics to conform to the game rather than, than what you think is actually a more realistic scenario. Exactly. I started thinking about this a few weeks ago, and then recently something came up on the internet where basically I and Paul Carlson were getting trolled in a photo uh, by someone who took a class at Blackwater once and shoots guns good in IDPA and USPSA matches. And uh, most people that I've came across at these matches are not like that at all. I don't know. Maybe they get more like that at the higher levels. I don't know. But basically, this group of individuals were ready to go jump in a helicopter, fast rope onto an objective out of stealth helicopters and kill Osama bin Laden with Def Group because they ran a scenario that was kind of like that or named that two weekends ago, and one of them took a course at Blackwater once. It's pretty annoying, and they were telling uh, Paul, and I didn't get involved in the conversation because uh, I just didn't feel like dealing with it, but basically because of our shooting position, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know enough to know that what we don't know. So uh, it was pretty pretty interesting. And this was a 
a, a group of people that were just, it's a Facebook group of, I guess, high level competitive shooters. And seeing that was just kind of strange. Basically, I was looking at a bunch of NASCAR drivers that could turn left really well on a closed track every Sunday. Uh, and because they could do that, they thought they were ready to go co- run convoys in Afghanistan or mounted ops. So it's uh, it's kind of funny. And I don't want to be a part of that, so I wouldn't hang out with those people at matches. So that's not really an issue. But the fact that it's there, I think there's some people that may be getting some kind of false sense of awesomeness because they come out of the holster real quick and put shots on target quickly. And that is very important. But really, that's the easy part. John, you want to talk in this episode? Well, actually, I was waiting for you to take a breath. Um, well, I just wanted to point out, because it wasn't clear to me, you had explained this to me before, but this is uh, you know, the, the people that had made these analysis of your technique and how you were going to get yourself killed. This this was just that that little shot that shows, you know, you pointing your, you know, you're in some kind of shooting stance in one direction and Paul's, you know, pointing his gun in another direction. This is just like a little chest and head shot and the way you're holding your pistol. This is how they, uh, they're able to determine that, that you're going to get yourself killed. Well, they said that both of us and well, you, you're, you're both kind of holding the pistol similar, so I can see why they they'd apply right. the same logic. I'm, but they specifically said that Paul's grip was gay, and we do use different grips. <laughs> I don't know if it's gay or what that means, but um, well, that's yeah. It, basically, the shooting position that you know that what I've seen of the nation's premier hostage rescue teams <laughs> and everybody else from Dev Group, uh, FBI, HRT, Army Special Forces, Marine Force Recon. Uh, Marsock and myself. It's common, you know? Uh, and, and they were saying that we're all... The, the funniest one was I would have tense back muscles and I wouldn't be able to shoot fast. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, oh, tense back muscles. You think that might could come from my 70 pounds of gear that I have on? <laughs> you know, 20 pounds of water? Yeah. Uh, 40 pounds of ammunition? <laughs> plate carrier? Body armor? A helmet? <laughs> tense back muscles? <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Yeah, and uh, th- th- that was some of the comments were just hilarious. And uh, I kept reading the thread, but I didn't respond. And uh, I was expecting somebody to come after me. And I was just going to say something like, uh, "The fact that I am here posting this and my picture was taken at this date means that I didn't die in combat." You know, using this position. So your your argument's invalid. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. And I don't. I haven't seen that through most people. In IDPA, so I don't I don't associate that with IDPA. That's not the reason why I'm, I'm having an issue with it. The issue is, like I said before, I can't be good at both. There's just no way. I find myself at an IDPA match. They're going to say, "All right, you got to do this sequence right here." There's four targets in front of you. You've got to. You cannot double tap a single target. You have to start at the left and hit one, two, three, four, and then go back to the left again. One, two, three, four. Now, I'm sure someone sitting there, armchair quarterback and commando in this, could probably think of some crazy situation where that could be applicable in some kind of situation. Where maybe I hit that fourth target, the third one, all of them are down, and I assessed and saw that first one needed one more shot. I'm sure we could play a game and come up with something. But I don't train that my standard response is one shot each target and they can't get double tapped. You know, if you want to use that term, double tap. I don't even like that one. So... Just things like that. Uh, they, mm-hmm. I know they just changed some rules, which made things a little bit better in IDPA specifically, where one of my biggest things that I hated was when I had to hit two targets and then run to cover with an empty gun you know, and not even start my reload until I was behind cover. 
I'm glad. Uh, my understanding is that one's gone. You don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. May not be 100% correct on that, but I think that one's that rules out, uh, which is a great improvement. And uh, that way, I'll, that'll be one less procedure that I'll get next time I go shoot an IDPA match. And I, I should probably throw out the disclaimer. I'm not, you know, super up on IDPA rules. I've had, you know, limited exposure to it. I guess my first comment is it's kind of two issues. I mean, as far as all the internet commandos go, I mean, I hope that didn't uh, didn't affect your self esteem because <laughs> you know I don't think I'd put much uh, put much stock in being able to assess all this magic from your uh, from this little you know chest and upshot and the fact that they made such. Uh, intelligent arguments like Paul, Paul Carlson's grip is gay, you know, just kind of would lead me to believe that you're wasting your time even, even giving these people a second thought. But it's, well, it was a fun, it was a fun read. Yeah. John, I'm going to link it to you after the show so you can check it out. It really is a fun read. And the one guy who prepped based all of his, basically the reason why it's so horrible was because he took a course at Blackwater mm-hmm. once. One of my good friends happens to be a senior instructor over at Academy, which is Blackwater. Yeah, they change their name like every week, kind of like as often as John changes his underwear. Mm, about uh, that frequently. So, yeah, so he, he even commented to the guy, and he said, uh, you know, everything you're saying here is contradictory to current curriculum here. He said, you know, pretty much everybody who comes through here shoots in that shooting position. And uh, I don't know who your instructor was. And he started naming, asking him wh- what section he was and other stuff, and the guy wouldn't respond. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe he watched a Blackwater video or something, and, you know, that's where he took a Blackwater course. I don't know. Yeah. Haters are going to hate, you know? Yeah. I liked it because that was a, like, 466 comments right now. And my picture's on it advertising a course in Ohio. So I was like, yeah, keep it rolling. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. He yeah, 466 so- comments. I by comment number three, I think I would have clicked out of, <laughs> clicked out of it. To be honest, I don't have I don't have time to well mess with that. Nick, stuff. listeners may remember him from our early episode where uh, my buddy Nick Henry uh, did an interview at the end of the episode where he actually had to uh, he killed two guys trying to rob him at gunpoint uh, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really early on episode, probably around six or seven. I can't remember exactly. And, you know, he got out of the Marine Corps and now he works there and uh, develops a lot of curriculum for him. And he's the one who, uh, who I was talking about, went in there and talked to him. And it was just really funny. He he explained it. He was like, you know what? I, I just can't look away, man. It's like it's like watching a train wreck and you want to look away because it's so bad, but you just can't. And the other thing, the point he made, he's like, you know, all those bad YouTube videos with like the horrible tactics and, and shooting and everything, they're the ones who are making them. Mm. And yeah, you know, you're probably right, man. Yeah. So kind of almost like two issues. First of all, you get uh, crazy people on the internet that in my opinion, you're given too much time to, but you know, that's either here nor there, but then you've got the uh, kind of like the IDP, IDPA thing, you know, how, uh, you know, is it bad? You know, some people will say it's great and will prepare you for you know, real life deadly force encounters. And, you know, some people don't like the rules. I, th- I think, I think, you know, it is what it is. It's a game. They've got to have some rules as far as, you know, what you're talking about, about, you know, multiple targets and stuff. I mean, I see, I, I kind of see the same thing. Like, you know, if there's uh, two targets in front of you, at like three yards and then there's one target back there and I, I, what, I forget what the distance is it's like over two yards if they're within what 
two yards of each other, they're considered the same distance. But you know, there's there's just scenarios where you'll have two targets close, and there'll be one that's like a little further away in the middle that technically you're supposed to hit just the two in the front first, and then go back to the middle and hit that one. When it doesn't really make any difference if you just you know sweep across, hit all three. But but the thing is, they've got to put they've got to have a role, no matter you know what you. Anytime you're going to have a game, and if somebody's going to win, and it's, you know some of these things, there are money, cash prizes, so you've got to have a set of rules. And there's no way that they're going to be able to make a set of rules that's going to keep everybody happy. So yeah, and they have to be fair. They have to be. Everyone has to meet those rules, mm-hmm. you know, or or get procedurals like me. <laughs> and you know, we talked about the thing with the uh, I guess the trolling activity, and but that was a. Uh, the reason I even brought that up was I had made this decision about, you know, not getting serious about IDPA like I almost did and USPSA, you know, weeks ago. But that trolling and all that misinformation is kind of what made me want to put it out here in a podcast. That's kind of what brought it to us recording this right now. Yeah. Because I, I probably wouldn't even talk to it. I didn't even think about it even being an important topic until, you know, that came up. So then I was like, you know what, maybe we should talk about this. Now, are you concerned that, I mean, maybe – you know, you're painting with a little broad brush. I mean, you ran across an internet commando, basically. Um, and like you said, I mean, most of the people at these uh, at these events are, you know, good people. They're not going to, you know, be an asshat like, uh, like the people you were conversing with on the internet or whatever. But you don't want to necessarily think that, that everybody, I mean, I, I'm, do you think everybody in IDPA thinks that way? Not at all. Uh, and uh, I think we—I made that point a little bit earlier. My experience with you know IDPA matches, everybody was super cool, yeah. and it wanted to help you out in the game. Uh, if they see you do something well, they want to talk to you about it. If they see some kind of gear or a nice jacket, you know, it's they're—they're mm-hmm. uh, they're good people. You know, it's the same people you get at shooting courses. They're the kind of people you leave your wallet and your gun on the table. You come back and your gun's cleaned and your wallet's still sitting there. You know, those those are the kind of people that go to these matches mm-hmm. and. It's uh, good people, but I, I think it, in anything you're going to run into people like this, and heck, it is the internet. You know, they're freaking everywhere. Yeah, I'm surprised Gunfighter Cast has went this far without getting completely flamed in some way about something, you know, itself. And to my knowledge, it's never happened, and I'm just waiting on it. Well, and now you've done it. That really surprises me that it's gone over four years without, you know, maybe I haven't seen it. Uh, but I think I would in my analytics where it shows things linked to us and stuff. I'm pretty sure some form would be dogging the crap out of us and people joking or whatever, doing the thing that they do. So, I mean, that part doesn't concern me. These are people on the internet. And, I mean, face-to-face talking, they'd probably been super nice guy and thanking me for my service or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And But then out here, it's like, oh, look at this guy, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Shut up, cat. Mm-hmm. Let me kick this cat out. Obviously, the cat agrees that... Uh these people shouldn't be saying those nasty things about you and your shooting position. Yeah, so I mean that's not a big deal. I mean anybody who's put a YouTube video up has been trolled. So yeah. that's not the issue. That, that doesn't concern me, man. It's the internet. When you put something on the internet, you're going to have people that just go through YouTube videos just to whether they know anything about it or not, they're going to say something. Mm-hmm. And that 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 happens. That's the internet that we live in. That's not the, the problem with the the IDPA. It's what I was talking about earlier with uh, what I feel that I am obligated to be able to perform on call for my students and be able to teach them. I can't compromise that by retraining myself. Yeah, nor should you. 
Right. But, John, if you say you want to go shoot an IDPA match, we can go shoot it. I'll just get a bunch of procedurals. And what's really the harm in that? Nothing. It won't bother me any. I already get a bunch of procedurals. Yeah. I think that's that's how you have to look at it. And, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with uh, somebody that that enjoys the game and wants to win the game. And there's really nothing wrong with somebody that, you know, wants to engage the targets but wants to do it in the way that they feel best if they, as long as they understand that, you know, they're not maximizing their tactics to the rules of the game, that they're, they're just not going to win. Yep. And there is something to be said about being very quick out of the holster and putting accurate shots on targets. Yeah. That is a very important skill to have in a defensive situation. That's an important skill to have in a military or law enforcement tactical situation where you're transitioning from a rifle to a pistol. Mm-hmm. Or you're just armed with just a pistol. Or you're riding a ticket, and now they pull out a gun. Those are good skills to have. And you can work on those skills through those competition shooting. Mm. But that's that's the easy part. Yeah, it's everything else. Well, I was just going to – I mean, you, you talked a little bit about the um, – you know, the prioritization of targets and, and that is some, you know, an example of something that you don't, uh, don't conform with. What is it that, that you don't like about the, uh, the rules? What does it make you do that you wouldn't want to do and want to teach your students? Um, I've also, the use of cover in some ways, they have the, uh, tactical priority or tactical precedence or whatever it's called, where you can only expose your body to the one target that's there. And, you're not always going to have cover. You may have concealment that they are just laying rounds through it at you. And what I there's there's times where I would be breaking the rules by exposing myself to two targets at once, but I was able to to neutralize those two threats much faster just by showing a little bit of my body to that second target while I was still engaging the first. And they were very close together, and I could transition real quick. And basically, I was putting both those targets down quickly. And it would take me a lot more time to take a step or lean further to expose myself to that next target. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to explain that through audio, but uh, I've encountered that a few times. Yeah. And I mean, I can see what you're saying, but I guess if I was trying to defend the IDPA rules, you'd just have people jumping out from beyond targets and just blasting everything that they could see just because that's quicker than, than minimizing your exposure and taking oh, right. your time. I'm not. I'm not suggesting they change the rules because yeah. of that. Not at all. That's not what you were and saying I, earlier. You were saying yes, that. It was. No, you you were saying that uh, the rules you should conform to the way you want to shoot. What? No, nah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think both we're all both on the same page that, that yeah. we're not I mean, I, saying they should change the rules and stuff. I mean, I think it's a necessary evil. It is. But, it's a game, and you got to have rules. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a few other things, and you know, I could go to a match and, and find numerous things. The next time I do go to a match, I'll write some stuff down and see what I come up with. Cause I mean, it's usually little small things. Like sometimes there's a very little small hole you have to shoot through mm-hmm. and I could get right in the middle of that hole and hit basically all the targets from being there or, but then I'd be breaking cover because I should be to the side of that hole when still, no matter how I am positioned, Bullets can come through that hole and hit my body, but because I'm not angled the right way, I'm getting cover calls. And to me, it'd be so much faster just to get down low as possible and shoot through that hole and hit all the targets much faster because it's the trajectory of if they had firearms shooting back at me, I was still going to be getting hit. Mm-hmm. Things like that. You know, again, tough to explain in audio. Yeah. 
I see the stage in my mind for that shot. Well, I don't, I mean, like I said, I've had very limited exposure to it, but, uh, I mean, I remember one, it was uh, a stage that somebody had set up and you had to, and, you know, of course you get the artificiality of somebody's about to explain to you everything that's going to happen in this gunfight. So you can kind of make your plan. Yeah. And you watch 10 of your buddies run it before it's your turn. But I mean, even, I mean, I think for this one, I went first, but, and I'm no, I'm no competition shooter, but it was something like you engage so many targets and then you hit the last one. And this one, that's going to cause this mover to start moving laterally. And they explained that the scoring system was they're going to take the best hit or the two best hits on this moving target. It doesn't matter how many times you shoot it, they're going to take the best. But it was it was one of these things where as they're explaining this, it was very easy for me to, to just come up with a plan. I'm doing the math in my head. Okay, two, 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 I'll get here. I said, if I dump at least five rounds on this moving target, then I get to dump my empty magazine and move. It just made it, it made it so that, uh, you know, without much thought, I could figure out that well, I'm just going to keep throwing rounds so that I run out of ammunition at this point, because that's going to be advantageous to me to get to this, this next point. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if that's if that's what the competition's going to be, then you know that's not something I really want to be a part of. I don't want to overthink this stuff and dump rounds when I really wouldn't be shooting the pistol anyway, just because it makes it faster to get to you know the next point in the in the program. So I just found you know very very easy to kind of game the system, and it's you know it's very tempting to game the system. I mean, I think everybody who's uh, takes part in some kind of game actually wants to win the game, but. I guess you've you've kind of got to uh, manage your ego, you know. You got to understand that uh, I want to get certain things out of this, and those certain things that are important to me may not be recognizable to other people based on you know they're not going to see that when they look at the score sheet and see that you know I'm down at the bottom because you know I did stuff a certain way that either got me penalized or or didn't maximize my advantages going through this scenario. That's a good point. And that's what some people I see asking that, like, oh, yeah, what's your IDPA number? And I'm like, I could give someone my IDPA number. It's probably not going to be very impressive, you know, because I get procedurals so bad. It's, uh, and then you know, when I shot the matches, I tended to shoot well, but just so many seconds. So, you know, looking at overall stats or whatever, you're going to look at me like, man, this person sucks. Yeah, but, but I mean, I guess that's it's all, it's all in a different context. Yeah. And I, I guess that's how we have to keep our ego in control. We just, I mean, you said it, you shot well, you know, regardless of how somebody else might have uh, gamed the system so that on paper they, you know, they feel they did better, you know, whatever. Yep, and that's cool. I'm not knocking it. Yeah. I'm just basically saying it's, uh, I'm not going to train to be good at it. And I'm really interested in what the listeners think about this, about uh, if they've kind of ran into similar things. And everybody's opinion, I would like to hear it. Yeah. But I would particularly like some people's opinions who have been on tactical teams, uh, who have been on, uh, you know, had experiences in, in actual defensive situations or, you know, have, you know, trained at length for those things. And I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, those opinions and see how they, they come out. Please email us, Daniel at GunfighterCast.com or John at GunfighterCast.com or just throw it up on Facebook, you know, or join us in the Freedoms Network and post. Just, uh, I'm interested in what people think about that, if I'm the only one. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You know, there's, uh, 
you know, there are successful IDPA shooters and, and competition shooters that, that come from a law enforcement background. I wonder. Oh, certainly. I mean, I wonder if, uh, if they do modify their tactics or maybe they're just. They might just be awesome. Well, it might just be awesome, but it, it could be too that they've, uh, you know, maybe they feel they can, you know, when we know it's a competition, we can, you know, utilize a certain set of skills and keep that separate from the tactical set of skills or the more, you know, for lack of a better term, real world kind of skills. Yeah, who is it? Uh, Bob Vogel, right? Yeah. He's a law enforcement officer and an awesome IDPA shooter. And, you know, he may just shoot at a level and think at a level to where he can just like flip a switch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's possible. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Because that guy is, he's, he's, he's pretty dang good. But I guess the, the difference though is that, you know, somebody like, somebody like him does have the, you know, the, the tactical background to, to kind of know the choices that they're making and, and, you know, know, realize that this technique is advantageous for the purposes of cutting down time for a certain goal in a competition setting. Whereas, uh, you know, I think some of the people you were talking about earlier, you know, who just see it, you know, attack, you know, they just see some this tactic is going to get you killed because it takes three more seconds to execute on a army of cardboard people that you've been briefed around the corner where they're going to be and how you're going to get them and stuff. <laughs> I think that's an excellent point, John. Yeah. And I would like to be able to, to shoot and train and think at a level to be able to switch it on and switch it off and be good at both. Mm-hmm. That would uh, that'd be awesome to be able to do that. I just, when I measured, I was about to say measure myself, but I'm sure somebody would giggle at that. Mm-hmm. When, when I, when I, as I measure myself, uh, I found that I am not going to be capable of that. Yeah. Well, don't put and don't put that will, picture on the internet of you measuring yourself because that's just going to cause more that. problems. Okay, I won't do that. But uh, you know, before as far as like the IDPA stuff, the stuff that again, I see the set of rules and stuff. Things that uh, the real thing that um, I don't know if it bugged me or you know I was just uncomfortable with it, but. I just the thing I don't like the most is that uh, the process at the end of every stage. You know, I hate that part of it. I'm used to running. You know, basically most of the stuff I do is I run a hot range. So yep. the uh, the un the unload and show clear. And I, I get it. You need a an extra safety procedure. You got to be extra safe because you don't know who's coming to these things. But what killed me is you know seeing some of these people getting trained to do this almost robotic dance of it's real fast ping and open and close and pull the trigger and stuff you know it, it just it seemed like we're first of all i hated having to pull the trigger at the end uh it seems like a you know we talk about well i shot the sig every time so i just decocked see, but yeah and that's what i would have done but the person i was with said you know you got to pull the trigger so i can see that as really yeah huh. yeah um, because my gun has a decocker. I can put my hammer down in a much safer manner than pulling the trigger. Well, well, throwing it this way though. So if I have a Glock, why do I have to pull the trigger on that? I don't know. See what it is. Here's, here's my theory. I think, I think if you just show the clear and that safety officer said that you're clear, then you're clear. Here's my theory with at these matches. They, they don't trust the shooter with a loaded gun. So you got to unload the shooter. So they have the shooter unload the gun, but they still don't trust the shooter that he's going to be able to unload the gun. So they have the safety officer witness you unload the gun, but they don't trust the safety officer either because they then make you pull the trigger in case the safety officer 
didn't see you properly unload the gun. So seems like a whole lot of not trusting going on. And the fact that, again, like maybe not everybody does it. Maybe I just had a bad experience, but the fact that I got to, I have to pull the trigger at the end of it, you know, any, anything that trains me to, to pull the trigger when I'm not actually shooting, I, I don't see that as a, as a good thing. I'm with you. All right. I think we almost covered everything that I wanted to say. I don't know if it came out how I wanted to say it or not. There it is. Let's go shoot an IPA match, and you can watch me get procedurals all day long because <laughs> I am not changing the way I play yes. and the way I fight. And let us know your feedback. I want to hear what you do or do not do and the way you think about it. And, and are you that person that can switch it on and switch it off? Because that's what I would like to be, but I just don't think I have the potential to do it. Maybe I don't have faith in myself. Maybe I don't trust myself. Mm. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, when I shot my IDPA match and USPSA match, I wore an Aries gear belt. You did? Is that a segue? Yes. No, it's a belt. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And you, and uh, that's what I did. And uh, it's a really good belt. So uh, go check out Aries gear, ariesgear.com. They have a lot more than just belts. They got all kind of cool stuff up there. They got some blades. They have uh, some pretty cool things that I want to get my hands on and I've been meaning to email about it and get some to test out is uh, their shotgun shell carriers. Just panels that you put your shotgun shells in and they have hook and loop on them. That's what we call Velcro these days. Mm -hmm. So uh, you could Velcro these things to wherever you may need those shells or to the side of your shotgun use it as a side saddle. Pretty cool little system. Yeah, I've seen that as well. That that actually does look very interesting, especially um, I'm still in the process. I'm probably 95% done with the whole battle belt business, but that would be nice to be able to, you know, want to do some shotgun. Those are so last season of gunfire cast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always, I find myself always behind of, you know, as soon as I get a certain camouflage, it is now passe. And, you know, you know what I just heard? I heard multicam and coyote and flat dark earth are out and gray is in. I heard, um, I heard the green, the sage green is in sage green is the new coyote. And multicam. I heard the gray is the new flat dark earth, and I don't know, but I guess it could be. No. I just, Have you seen the new camouflage from G-Code? Well, it's not from G-Code, but G-Code's using it on their holsters. And uh, I've seen Haley Strategic have on some of their gear that they're making. Uh, Cryptek? Uh, is is Cryptek the, I don't know the terminology, but I did notice one of them is uh is labeled the highlander version which yes that is cryptic being a mcgregor uh means that i <laughs> need to have that you know yes you it's do. not you a want to. at this point it's it's a need i need to have that well you need to get the kilt uh a highlander or cryptic highlander kilt is mm-hmm. what you need yeah and let me put it this way yes if i do get a kilt you would want it to be camouflage because you wouldn't want to see it any more than you had to i would wear a cryptic highlander kilt if I had one. Mm-hmm. Yes. I asked the wife not too long ago. I was like, hey, if I got a kilt, would you like hang out with me? Did she look at you like you had two heads? or A little go? bit. Yeah. But then she said, yeah. You know, I, I said, all right. I will wear it in the traditional manner. Well, I do go to the Highland Games and, uh, you know, they do have the clan villages and you see all the clans and stuff. There is a clan Shaw there. I believe I sent you pictures last year, so yep. I think you would be authorized. Very cool. But in the uh, in the unlikely event that that you did wear a kilt and and got beat up, what would you use to uh, fix yourself? I wonder. 
<laughs> well, I would probably use my dark from Dark Angel Medical. Absolutely. Only if my wounds were severe enough to rate the dark, because this isn't a minor boo boo kit. It's no. for you know it, when you're really hurt bad. It's mm-hmm. everything you need and nothing that you don't. <laughs> but but it's not just gunshot wounds. It's no. If you it's, get it's, pummeled because you're wearing a kilt, you could potentially save yourself with your uh, dark. It, yeah, it's it's a counter pummeling. Yes. Medkit. And in all in all seriousness, if you do uh, go to Dark Angel Medical, if you follow their Facebook page, they do throw up. I don't think they've thrown up any scenarios about you get pummeled in a kilt, but uh, they well, do we're throw have to up. ask Carrie to work on that. They do. Well, yeah, especially if you know you think you're going to go down that road, but they do throw down more uh, more practical scenarios to throw out there to keep you thinking things that are you're more likely to run into probably than a. Any bad kilt experience. I've never seen one have anything to do with a gunshot wound or tactical situation or defensive situation. Nope. That's always really, really practical stuff that, you know, you could probably have a lot higher chance of running into. Yeah, I did just, um, they just posted this, uh, I want to say this past week, uh, somebody in New Hampshire law enforcement ended up using one to, I think it was at a motorcycle accident. Uh, we yeah, I was. I saw that. I was wondering if that was yeah. you. No, it was certainly not me. Unless a motorcycle drove through the window of the station <laughs> into my office, I'm not going to be putting any tourniquets on any motorcycle accident victims. But uh, we have um, motorcycle weekend. Father's Day weekend is kind of a big thing up in Weir's area of, of New Hampshire. And so I suspect it was probably something to do with that. Cool. All right. So, John, do you have anything to talk about real quick that's not anything to do with advertisements before we talk about G-Code? <laughs> have anything about it does not an advertisement before we talk about our next advertisement <laughs> yes hmm. so you, you mentioned about your battle belt and i know people that post i made on uh our blog that john never posts on anymore hmm. it uh it gets a lot of hits and people are always commenting on the battle belt and stuff like that how is yours yeah. coming along you said you get it almost done uh it is probably about 90 95 done at this point um, a lot of it's just kind of stuff that I had that I'm throwing together, but the uh, six-hour Academy Pro Shop started selling some high-speed gear stuff, so I've got their padded outer belt, and I've got uh, some of their taco pouches. i got a couple for the couple for the pistol, a couple for the, the rifle. Unfortunately, they didn't have uh, the double stack, the one with the, the pistol mag on the outside of the rifle, so I had to get all singles, and I had to mount all that onto the belt which is not so much fun I've just about regained feeling in my fingers at this point but <laughs> yeah those things are rough aren't they one, yeah once i mean once you get that on there it's you know it's not just gonna flop around like it's got a piece of cloth woven in there it's it's solid but it's it's work getting all that uh, put in and then you know of course you get it all put on you realize that you wanted it shifted one spot over so but uh yeah get the the pouches the um when i was putting one on my plate carrier once i had to pick the thing up take my bladder out of it and put water in my camelback and then put it back in there so i could sit there and drink water and replenish all the sweat that was coming out of my body while i was putting <laughs> that thing in yeah oh yeah i was doing some <laughs> they don't sweat. mess around dude. some sweating some swearing but uh I've ran, I've weaved quite a few things through Molly in my day, and I'm not gonna lie, I had to pull up a YouTube video and get some suggestions for like take the needle nose pliers and stretch the inside 
uh, Molly Pow out mm-hmm. a little bit and some other stuff. And it helped a little bit, but yeah. uh, I had like one end with needle nose pliers, the other end with a punch, and the other end with a, a Gerber multi tool. And yeah, it, it was rough. Did that, yeah, I was going to say, did that make it easy? Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't no. say easy. It, no. it made it happen. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, I get it to happen, but it, it, was not easy so but it's uh you know once they're on there they're nice and solid so uh still still uh you know looking for i'm gonna throw a dump pouch on there and uh settle on a holster solution for the for the belt well i've got a good suggestion for a holster you do what a surprise what is it daniel (laughs) well just so happens that gunfighter cast has a new sponsor and that sponsor is G-Code. And just like John and I promised you a long time ago, we're going to take on sponsors that we think are the best in the industry. And uh, that's where we're at. G-Code is the newest member of the Gunfighter Cast team joining us. Really was impressed by them. If you caught the last episode when I had an interview with George Hill and Scott Evans of G-Code, just their whole mentality of not coming up with new ideas or anything else, just taking the ideas from the guys that are actually using the gear that are depending their lives on that gear to work. And they're, they're taking their ideas and the things that they need and they're, they're making it happen and they're sending it to them. They're sending it back and forth until they get it exactly where it solves their problem. And that's the product they put up for sale. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you had uh, let me in on it, I was uh, real excited. They do put out a good product. Do you, Want to talk about the product at all, or? Well, we hit it a little bit uh, in that the episode before last, the video podcast. No. But uh, I was not in that. A... Well, actually, I was in the intro. But yes, I'll you tell were. you what I like about it, because uh, as I'm setting up this, um, you know, this battle belt. I mean, for me, it, it's mainly going to be an instructor belt that I'm I'm going to set up. So you know, whatever class I'm teaching, I can just run it. And you know, I've got the the high speed tacos, which are nice because you can use uh, single stack, double stack magazines. Well, they've got the uh, you know the RTI system on their holsters. So if I want to run a two two nine, which is what I do most of the time, you know it's easy attachment. But if I decide to go with you know two two six, two twenty, I can just pop another you know whatever holster I'm running off, like you did in the video. Pop it off, pop the next one on, and I don't have to I don't have to mess with the uh, you know, taking pouches and stuff off the belt. So it looks like it's going to be real quick and uh, real quick and easy solution to, to switch between uh, pistols. Yeah, I've been using the RTI system for a while. And if I were going to go uh, run a plate carrier mounted handgun, I have the RTI on my uh, plate carrier. I have one on my belt, the little wheel. So, I, you know, I can switch back and forth very in a matter of seconds if I need to. If you're not familiar with the RTI system, I'll post a video link uh, to a YouTube video that I made of the RTI system and show you how simple it is. These things are cool because you can just, you can buy their aluminum ones, uh, screw them right into your nightstand or mount them in your vehicle and just take it off your body or however you're carrying and put it in the vehicle next to your bed at night. Uh, pretty sweet system. I, I like it a lot. And that's one of my favorite things that G-Code offers is that RTI system. There's a lot of quick release and quick attach systems out there, but I, and I've used them, but uh, this one, uh, I like it the best, you know, the way it fits. They have something for every type of gear you have, whether you have the, the battle belt or, you know, running something molly or you just one on your belt. It's pretty, pretty slick setups they got. Yeah, it looks like they got, uh, 
you know the molly mount and they've also got the drop legs as well as well as uh and it's it's not all the rti mount either they have you know normal normal belt mounted holsters too so looking yep. looking forward to uh working more closely with them yeah you'll hear more about it we've got a little bit of gear coming that we're gonna put to use and we'll let you know how it goes and you'll see some some video of it too so if you go check out the youtube channel if you didn't know that it exists and maybe even john will record a video that'd be awesome maybe it probably be more likely to happen if it's a a cryptic highlander or whatever that whatever it's gonna work on that. it's at highlander so it's got to be better than just regular okay off off the air i need to know the size your your kilt size and i'm gonna work on that for you <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah off the air right <laughs> i see all kinds I, of I little promise i won't announce it in facebook no this would never make it into the episode right <laughs> no not at all <laughs> yeah but it's got to be cool if it's got highlander in it so and lastly if um You'd like to join me and Paul Carlson, who teaches for ICE training, combat-focused shooting, and I'll be teaching the Handgun Vitals 1 Paratus Academy the end of this month. last two days of the month, we'll be in Ohio throwing down for two days of handgun courses. I'd like for you to come join us. You can see that course and get to it by going to uh, safetysolutionsacademy.com, or you can go to my website. It's the first time I've mentioned it, I think, uh, paratusacademy.com, P-A-R-A-T-U-S academy.com and go to calendar and you can see the dates of some things I've got lined up and please come register and uh, join me for some training. If you want to host, if those guys, you, I've been getting a lot of emails recently, but Hey, when are you going to come out here? I will go out there wherever here is. I will go there. Just get a few people together and uh, want to take the course and, you know, we'll set a date and uh, we'll try to get some more people in it. And if we don't get any more people in it, then I'll, I'll teach whatever you got there. I'll go out there. So, I'm all about it. I'm all about getting around the U.S. and having a good time and meeting the listeners of Gunfighter Cast. That's one of the reasons why I really want to get around. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks like a good time. I, I was just wondering if um, the class you and Paul are teaching, are you guys going to be uh, offering shoulder massages for that uh, stressful position that you guys shoot in? Well, if you have tense back muscles, mm -hmm. I maybe I will have some Ben Gay for Paul's grip. Ooh. Ah, ah. You could... Uh, Try bringing some triactin as well. Oh. Triactin like a man. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> no. But I wish, uh, yeah, I wish I could make it out there for that. That looks like a, uh, a good time. And uh, that's the, your latest thing. But you also got uh, kind of a bigger thing you're part of too, right? The the Warrior Summit. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Warrior Summit. That's going to be cool. I think we talked a little bit about this in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, you can also find information about that at warrior-summit.com. And uh, there's a lot of stuff on Paul's site, and I have it on Price Academy in the calendar as well. And that is four days of zero hand-to-hand -hand knife all the way to shooting out a 1,000 yards with a scoped bolt gun. Within that is some handgun and some me teaching some carbine. Now, will, will you have a full uh, internet sensation-ready beard at that point? How is that going, by the way? The beard is going great. Excellent. The wife's enthusiasm about the beard is dwindling. Oh, failing. Huh? <laughs> Apparently, yes. she never saw an episode of Duck Dynasty, huh? Yeah, well, that's everything I got going on. And I'm going to go ahead and clue everybody in on my long-term goal here. It's to go get a camper and me and the wife and kids drive around. And I haven't got to make a lot of money. I just need to be able to put gas in the thing and get to point A to point B and you know feed ourselves and just travel the U.S. and live and uh, that's what I want to do. That's my goal in life. Not even have a home. Mm. Just 
Just just do it. Now, do you... Um, Could you imagine the freedom? Just imagine. I, I'm imagining right now. Now, do you, uh, do you guys play musical instruments? Because I think I've seen that show before. <laughs> we do not play oh, musical instruments. Okay. I need more kids and I can have a whole yes. family band. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Maybe with our powers combined, John. Oh, uh, if you're looking for my musical powers, yeah, there's nothing there. Well, your daughter seems to be a big fan of music. Maybe she should, you know, put that energy into creating music. Uh, or she's a big fan of the young men who sing I, the music. I think that's probably more on point, correct? Okay. All right. All right. That is hilarious. If anybody's not friends with John on Facebook, you are missing a heck of a good time. I'm feeling down on the dumps because I'm depressed about something. I'm feeling so sad. And then I log into Facebook and I see a picture of Justin Bieber or some other little cute thing, guy-ish object in a cardboard cutout outside of a door and a description of how the daughter just like lost her mind thinking that they were in the room with her. And you, you've done this with multiple people or cardboard cutouts of multiple people she likes, right? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's the gifts that keeps on giving. You just, you know, you let it simmer <laughs> for a couple of weeks and then, you know, they open the door, it looks like somebody's standing in the doorway and, they get scared and they yell at you and you and laugh. It works every time, oh, right? yeah, and you post it on Facebook every time <laughs> and tag her in it so that all her friends see. And, uh, you know, let it simmer for another couple of weeks and, and try again. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Good times. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for this episode. Again, we would like to hear your guys' feedback about the things that we discussed in this episode and invite you to go check out the sponsors that we mentioned. And uh, join us next time for episode 89 of Gunfighter Cast. And until then... Podcast out. Be safe, everybody. Gas is a Paradise Academy production. Copyright Paradise Academy 2013.